Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sophie, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. In this episode, we're talking about what Judy Bloom would call love and other indoor sports. Don't forget, you still have time to catch up with the She's All Fat book club. Go to she'sallfatpod.com slash book club for reading questions and exercises with each chapter of Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. For our season finale, we're bringing on a special guest to cover the book with us, and we want you along for the ride. Shout out to our Fat Babysitters Club. All month long, when you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo Moo, we're giving you a special shout out. That's what we call a Patreon drive. So this week, we're shouting out Olive Lally, Dara Campbell, and Margot for joining the club. Thank you, Dara and Margot and Olive. So glad you're here. When you join our Patreon at $7 a month or above, you get access to our patrons-only Facebook group, weekly bonus minisodes, and now access to a Sunday stream to read the Babysitter's Club and talk about snacks with me. We did our first meeting of the club on Insta Live last Sunday, and it was so freaking cute. The next meeting is going to be on Twitch with a special link just for our patrons, so make sure you join before Sunday to get that link. Did you know that you can call in to She's All Fat? It's true. We have a voicemail. Call us at 213-375-5023. Sorry, it doesn't spell anything, but if you can figure out what it spells, <laughs> we will give you a shout out. So that's 213-375-5023 with your questions, episode ideas, even your quarantine obsessions for a future call-in episode. Okay, that's all the news I've got for today. Time to curl up in your little reading nook if you have one. I'm in my closet and listen to the episode. All right, family. I'm here with friend of the pod, Alex, at Smug Liberal on Instagram to talk about being an inside kid and how we're all kind of inside kids these days, whether we want to be or not. We've had Alex on the pod before for our super fat episode in season three and for a mailbag in season four. And uh, she's very familiar to our Patreon listeners who know her from our high fat history segment. But Alex, can you refresh the family on yourself and your connection to fat justice and anything else you want people to know? Um, hi, I'm Alex and I am fat. And every time I say that, I think about my dad at his AA meetings being like, hi, I'm Kenny and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so hi, I'm Alex. And I'm fat. Um, so I met Sophie through a mutual friend and we became friends and fat friends. And I, um, I'm someone who has been fat uh, 
almost all of my life, certainly all of my adult life um, at various different sizes and have had sort of a journey to finding fat love and self-acceptance and uh, wrote a big article about it for my college and started all this shit that way and just sort of found myself as someone who is happier fat and happy to be fat and happy about learning to love myself and other fat people. And um, do you think I said fat enough? Should I say fat a couple more times? Yes. Fat. 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 fat, fat. <laughs> fat. Well, and we had you on for the fat camp episode, right? Oh, yes. I have, I have, <laughs> I have had many of fat camp saga. Yes. I told you all about my, my stories, which were positive and negative. You know, fat camp is a complicated thing. Yeah. Go listen to that episode if you want to hear those juicy stories. Right. I mean, how many hand jobs did you give at fat camp? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my how gosh. low was your self-esteem age 14? <laughs> Sophie, do tell Alex. me. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, let's move on to the meat of it. The meat of it. Here we are in the meat of it. We're talking about indoor sports because it's a phrase that I read in the Judy Bloom book starring Sally J. Friedman as herself, which I don't know why, like, I loved it so much. I don't think I really understood most of it when I read it. Like, I, when I was Googling for this, I found this um, Jezebel article from 2008 about this book that I read. And I was like, yes, I had a very similar experience because this author or this writer of this article is like, I didn't get any of the references because the book is about like a young girl post World War II in Miami. And there's all these cultural references to things from that era that I had no idea what they were. But I was just like, well, whatever. <laughs> cool, cool thing. I read it when I was like eight or nine or something. Anyways, in it, she has like a cool older babysitter or something. And she finds that this babysitter has like written a letter to someone on perfumed stationery and signed it Ooh. love and other indoor sports. So then she starts signing her journal entries that way, because obviously it's like a very cool thing to do. Yeah. Indoor sports. My I goodness. Um, I will say I read a Judy Bloom book that was full of sex at fat camp the first summer I went that a counselor gave me called Summer Sisters. Oh my God. And it taught me almost as much as all the fan fiction I had read the year before had taught me. I haven't read that one. And it was a little traumatizing because I was like 11 and it was not age appropriate. Oh my God. But I learned a lot. So Judy Bloom really influences all of our indoor activities, shall we say. That's amazing. I love Judy Bloom. I'm going to put the links to these two articles about this book that I found in the show notes if anyone else wants to reminisce about this book. But I truly love Judy Bloom. I hope she's not canceled for things I, that I don't know about right now. If she is, I don't know either. So yeah. you can post cancel us. I mean, you always <laughs> got to be nervous with like an older white lady writer, but like I love her <laughs> book. So we'll see. Yeah, I loved I love those books. And I loved that one in particular because like she swims a lot and she likes to imagine herself as Esther Williams. And I Googled who Esther Williams was, or I asked my mom or something. Google wasn't a thing then when I was eight or nine, but I asked my mom who it was and like got a picture of Esther Williams. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then I like <laughs> also wanted to pretend to be Esther Williams. Like I was like, oh, okay. Like now, I, now I'm in this book. I'm in this now because I relate to her. <laughs> You're experiencing it. I still like, I mean, that's why I did swim team in high school. <laughs> I, like, I did not know you did swim team. Oh, yeah. And I 
have so many thoughts and questions. Most of them are, are there pictures? Can I have them? <laughs> okay. So yes, they're in my yearbook. It's just everyone else in a PCDS swimsuit. And then me in the like plus size swimsuit I had to get in the similar to the team color because the school wouldn't order like a fat swimsuit for me. Which, yes, so we we wanted to talk about indoor sports because, as we said at the top, we're all stuck inside right now because of quarantine. This is our COVID season. I guess, like, not all of our listeners might be in the same situation as us, but we live in L.A. and, and we also care about other people. So <laughs> we're inside all the time and wearing masks all the time and... Yeah, we're recording this like over Google Meet. Over like it's Google not like we're in person yeah. recording this. Yeah. We were just talking and before we recorded and I told Alex something that I keep telling myself, which is like all of my friendships are long distance friendships now. They literally are because I'm not like meeting up with anybody. So Nope. I, so, I, I see my mom and I see my boyfriend sometimes. Yeah. And it's a double edged sword because there's, you know, the fact that you and I can stay inside all the time is also a huge privilege. Neither of us have like the financial pressures that would force us to take an essential worker's job. No. And my dad and my sister do have those jobs. My family owns a hardware store, which I mean, it's a privilege to own the store. Sure. But they are in the store every day, serving customers, being with people. And it makes my mother and I very anxious of course. that they're just they have that heightened and my it's like a hardware store slash construction company so my dad is with construction workers he is going into people's homes every week and so it it certainly makes me very afraid for him and then yeah. makes me afraid to be near him you know right. i mean it's it's a catch 22 exactly so we you and i are stuck inside it's both a privilege and a curse and you and i both have like immune compromised stuff that makes us want to be even more cautious. At this point, we're both making all of the choices we can to be as careful as possible. It's all about mitigated risk. But what we can talk about, what we can control <laughs> is how we have fun while we're stuck inside. So I want to know, Alex, what did you do when you were a kid and you were stuck inside? I read. What? It <laughs> well, I did a I did a lot of reading. Reading was, you know, I mean, we were both really nerdy children, so obviously spent a lot of time plowing through books. Another thing I did as a kid was very young. I took up sewing and knitting in third grade. My grandmother and I made my own series of historically accurate 17 and 1800s costumes and then matching costumes for my American Girl dolls and then a matching quilt for them. Hell yeah. Um, which I still have. And we did that because I got uh, tuberculosis as a child, actually. Oh my gosh. And so I had to stay home for a really long period of time. We thought it was mono initially. It was like a whole thing. So it was just me and grandma in the house on my antibiotics, sewing American Girl doll clothes for months. <laughs> can you send us some pictures of those so we can post them on our Instagram, please? I can definitely send you a picture of the Quilt. I don't know if I have any pictures of the doll clothes. I'll see if I can find them. Okay. When were times that you were stuck inside other than having tuberculosis? I know, right? Like, what a, like, <laughs> such a fucking 18th century, not 18th, well, 18th, 19th, whatever century disease to have. Like, I'm like Beth from fucking Little Women. When I went to the urologist, they asked me if I could potentially have tuberculosis. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> they were like, we just need to ask because blah, blah. And I was like, I, I don't think so. And she's like, okay, yeah. I was like, do people still get that? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> they do. They really do. When else was I stuck inside as a child? Um, I don't know if I was stuck that often as much as I self-selected to be inside. Like yeah. I was not an athletic child. I was not a super social child. My interests were books and American Girl dolls and historic reenactments involving American Girl dolls. Um, and it's a miracle that I grew up to be adjusted, never mind well-adjusted at all. My sister recently found a picture of me in my Josefina American Girl doll Christmas dress that I had. Oh my God, I know the dress. Yeah, and it was, I had one for me and I had the, even though I didn't have the Josefina doll, I had Samantha, but I had the Josefina Christmas dress doll for me and for Samantha. I have a photo on my phone, which I can send you, of me and my American Girl doll, and I believe it's Molly, but I took her braids out at that point, wearing matching outfits, and then my grandma, God bless her, is in a matching same color suit with us. <laughs> That's amazing. At like some family event that I insisted on taking an American Girl doll with Okay, me we'll post some American Girl doll stuff. I also, I gotta say, I loved looking at the American Girl doll magazine. Like, oh my God, the, the magazine or the catalog? The catalog. The catalog. I oh. loved looking at the catalog. I loved it. Sophie, I am a grown adult woman and I still get the American Girl Doll catalog <laughs> delivered. I just recently, I moved in the middle of the pandemic and I set up mail forwarding for my American oh Girl my Doll God. magazine to get to me. I am not ashamed. <laughs> I honestly didn't even think that I still could do that, but I might do it. I wish I could look at it online. Like I loved flipping through it and being like, what if I had a wardrobe for her? What if I had a camping set for her with a light up fire and fake s'mores? Oh, yeah. I had the American Girl doll itty crafts book and my mom and I would like make little crafts and stuff mm -hmm. for them. I had that. Yeah. And I had the little mini dollhouses. I was so indulged as a child. But also they were cheaper. They were expensive, but they were actually cheaper before Mattel bought out Pleasant Company in 2003. Maybe earlier. Might have been 01. I never ordered anything from the catalog. I just was given the doll. And then like I remember that year I had asked like many times for that dress for me and the doll. So I got it. But otherwise it was like I was putting on other dolls outfits for my doll because my mom I would circle things in the catalog and my mom would be like I'm not paying $40 for a doll's dress <laughs> mine was the same that's why we sewed so many of them they actually originally when Pleasant Company still owned them sold patterns for girl and doll dresses and my grandmother bought the patterns my grandmother oh my is, is a competent enough seamstress to make me like she made me a Martha Washington costume for a play in elementary school. Like she's, she's good enough to do that kind of a thing. And so she made me outfits with my dolls that way that my parents didn't spend more money on them than they needed to. Okay, so what's our modern equivalent of playing with American Girl dolls and crafting American Girl doll items? Have you been able to apply any of the spirit of that activity to staying inside these days? Yes, I have been doing an inordinate volume of crafting. <laughs> so much crafting. What have you crafted? Uh, friendship bracelets. I made you one. Yes, I love um, it. I have been knitting. I have made candles. I have learned to bake 300 new things that I didn't know how to bake before. I have taken up jam making. Oh my gosh, tell me about your jam making. 
Oh my God, I am obsessed with making jam. My grandma has a bunch of fruit trees and she had a really big harvest this year. So I went over to her house. She stayed inside. I just went in through the yard and took all the fruit from her yard. Oh my God. And brought it home and I made a shit ton of jam and then I canned it in these cute little cans. And there's like a whole process for boiling it and you have to like make sure it's food safe. And I was doing that before the whole squirrel controversy oh my came God. out. Oh my which God. If you're not from LA, Google squirrel. We'll put LA a link in the show notes. They've had a jam traversy recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Squirrel, this beloved, fancy, like Emperor's New Clothesy uh, LA restaurant, that when they made this special jam, they made it in unsanitary conditions and that it was growing layers and layers of mold. And that instead of throwing that jam out, they would just scrape the mold off the top and then sell everybody the jam. <gasps> anyway, so I've been making a lot of jam and I liked. I made some last year when she had an apricot harvest, but I liked making it so much this year that I went out and purchased fruit to just make more jam because it's just like a good, like it takes between slicing the fruit, cooking the jam, letting the jam cool, heating the jars, heating the water to seal the jars, canning them, and then do it's like a four or five hour process. So it occupies a solid evening and I have really enjoyed getting high and just making jam. That sounds great. Can I have some jam when you make it? Yes. I want some jam. I have some in the fridge. I'll make you some right now. I have to get new jars. I ordered jars on Amazon and they don't food seal properly. So everything's in the fridge right now. Wow. You know, it sounds like Squirrel needs to learn from your food safety practices. I am terrified that I'm going to kill one of my friends with botulism. (laughs) So I am very paranoid about food safety practices. Oh my God. Okay. I love that. I have been thinking about crafting a lot more than I actually have. I have been pretty ill the last couple months in bed, except for doing the podcast basically. But Recently, I have had a little uptick in health and I've been able to move from lying outside just looking at the sky to lying on the couch looking at the TV. And when you're looking at the TV, sometimes you feel up to doing some crafts. So I've been um, trying to finish this cross-stitch project that I had since literally 2016 that I got on Etsy by this maker whose shop is called Satsuma Street, I think. She does like really cute patterns. So... Uh, I'm trying to finish this project and I realized I was like missing some specific DMC threads for listeners. DMC is the brand of embroidery floss that's used most often in cross stitch Mm -hmm. projects and other embroidery projects. It's also like the thread you would use for friendship bracelets, if you remember what that looks like. So DMC threads are like 50 cents a piece at Michael's or Hobby Lobby or whatever. Although, you know, Hobby Lobby's canceled and probably Michael's is canceled too. Who knows? They're like 50 cents a piece and they're also 50 cents a piece on the website, but I only need like two colors and like two strands. So I didn't want to like order like $10 of shipping or whatever. So I tweeted about it. And then somebody who's a listener is sending me the colors that I need that they had in their collection. That's extremely pure. Isn't that, that so like, nice? Warms my heart to the, like the extreme. I've told wow. everybody. It made me so happy. <laughs> I told everyone. I was like, guess what? A listener is sending me these two DMC threads that I needed so I can finish my sorry, we're dead Halloween sign <laughs> that I got in 2016. God. I will tell you there is a new Joann's that opened up in the valley that is two stories and has an escalator in it. Oh, and it shit. is incredible. Incredible. Oh my God, I can't wait to go there in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like in, 
in 2020 never. Let's go to Joanne's together. (laughs) I love, we were talking about this before. It's just like, this is another reason I wanted to talk about indoor sports because a lot of my hobbies in LA were outside focused. I liked to go to Barnes and Nobles and walk around and independent bookstores and walk around. I liked to go to craft stores and walk around. I liked to go to Targets and walk around. Going to Targets and walking around is a full-time lifestyle. Right? I like to go to museums and walk around. <laughs> I like to go to parks and walk around. And now I, I, I really can't do any of those <laughs> things. I did go to Target instead of the grocery store one time when I was feeling braver. And like right now I'm in an Instacart phase where I'm more anxious about the grocery store. So I'm Instacarting and tipping so much that it's almost financially unviable <laughs> for me to keep Instacarting. <laughs> But one time I went to Target to buy groceries instead of the regular grocery store and just walked around and was like, I'm at Target. Yeah. I'm at Target. I miss it so much. I honestly think about going to Target a lot. I know that makes me like a bad socialist or whatever, but like, I just, I love Target. I love Target. Target You're Target brainwashed. It's different. You can't help it. They got you in young. They get us all young. It's a sickness. I miss browsing. That's one of the things about right now that's like in friendships and in business connections and in like everything, there's nothing, there's nothing below the like most important level of communication right now. Like I really miss just being out in public and just like seeing interactions happen or like having- There's nothing, there's no casual conviviality. Like there's no, you, you are- patron saint of the grove not even just for buying things but just being at the grove i just like browsing there's no equivalent of browsing right now there's nothing like that right now so like i have to focus we got to focus on what we do like and indoor sports because otherwise what do i like to do i don't know Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Anyway, indoor sports. Indoor sports. So you mentioned reading. I also read a lot as a kid. We've talked about many of the books that we read in common. We we both read a lot of the Dear America books. Oh. We read a lot of historical fiction other than that. 
what have you been able to read in this time stuck inside? Have you been enjoying reading? Yeah, so I have a huge stack of books that I keep putting off because I'm in law school and apparently you're supposed to do the reading for <laughs> law school before you read something fun. It's crazy. It's not like I'm paying tuition for this bullshit. So I had the pleasure of rereading one of my all-time favorite books, which I, I do every couple of years as a comfort mechanism and I sort of reread it with fresh eyes, which is A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which is a lovely classic about a little girl born in Brooklyn in the year 1900 and it sort of charts her growing up and her family and their trials and tribulations and I strongly identify with it because she is about the same age as my great-grandma who grew up in a tenement in Brooklyn and and just who meant a lot to me so I love that book and cherish it deeply so I reread that and then I'm reading two different books both are historic nonfiction. one is called Flood Path uh, which is about the St. Francis Dam disaster, which is actually the worst man-made disaster in the United States in the 20th century. It's actually occurred about an hour north of LA in San Francisco Canyon. And it was this dam that was built by William Mulholland, who built the LA Aqueduct and who Mulholland Drive is named after. And it failed spectacularly and killed a shit ton of people. And it's a really interesting story about hubris and LA history and stuff. I'm also reading this other book whose name, I think it's Yiddish Land, something like that, about the Jewish socialist movements within Yiddish culture, which was basically eradicated by the Holocaust in Europe in the 1840s through early 1900s. That was something that my family was involved in, which is part of how we got out of Poland shortly before the Holocaust and stuff. So it's sort of been interesting to learn more about Jewish socialists as my Republican father says they never existed. <laughs> Charming. That's so that's true. a long spiel about history that probably no one asked for, but that is what I'm reading. What are you reading? I'm reading the book that we're reading for our She's All Fat Book Club, um, Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. I'm working on that. I'm also reading Me and White Supremacy by Layla F. Saad. And I'm trying to read the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. But those other two, like the one is for the podcast and the other is for a book club. And so I have more accountability because on my own, I look at TikTok a lot more than I read. <laughs> I am, talk about indoor sports, competitive many hour TikTok watching is basically a sport at this point. I mean, at the beginning of quarantine, I wasn't able to read at all. My like fight or flight was so activated. I really couldn't concentrate on anything at all. I've been able to read more recently, but Same. I, you know, I still haven't felt as calmed down as, as I usually do. I'm looking for lots of opportunities to check out. Like yeah. it's not... Forcing myself to be politically engaged, especially through Instagram and my other activities, is one of the only sort of ways that I check in. Yeah. And then if I'm not doing that, I kind of, for self-preservation, check out and a lot of TikTok time, for sure. Yeah, same. What have been your favorite TikTok niches that you've trained the algorithm to show you? Um, I'm deep into cottagecore TikTok. Me too. Like I am. I have leaned heavy into that and bought several new dresses that I have nowhere to wear. I accidentally said I don't like one video by mistake instead of saving. I wanted to save it as a favorite. And instead I said I don't like this. And now it's they've stopped showing me cottagecore and I don't know how to get it back. That's horrible. I know. So I don't sorry. know what to do. I like searched cottagecore and liked a bunch of videos. <laughs> I don't know what to oh do. Oh my God. That's we'll see. hilarious. Oh my God. I've ruined my life. Okay. Keep going. I have definitely found myself on Jewish TikTok a lot, which just makes me laugh a lot. Like it's a lot of people complaining about their overbearing mothers and I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm also on Chav TikTok. What's that? The oh, British, the British thing? British Chavs. Oh my God. Um, which I love. 
I'm also on DIY and like home reno TikTok. A lot of people like redoing their she sheds and shit. I love that. I love that. Yeah. They convinced me to paint a wall in my apartment. I painted a wall and I've done some other DIYs and shit. Wait, tell me about the other DIYs you've done. What have I done? I suddenly forgot. Oh, oh, fuck. I did a big DIY. So I have this old Ikea dresser that was black and I went out and bought a power sander for 35 bucks and sanded the entire dresser down and restained it this like nice, rich brown. Oh my God. And so now I have a completely, because actually Ikea's dressers are one of the few things that are made of real wood and not fake wood. Really? So you can actually sand them down and restain them because they're made of solid wood, not particle board. Cool. Good job. We've done a couple home improvement things, but not very many. Mostly like we cleaned out the garage a little bit. And when I say we, I mean Victor. So Victor. That's Herculean (laughs) though. Fine. Victor is Hercules. (laughs) Victor's been doing some cleaning out the garage and he is always doing his plants stuff. I have a lot of ideas for projects. Once again, it's like I have a long list of stuff I'd like to do craft wise. I hope I'm able to get around to some of it now that I feel a little bit better because I would like to be able to do. I feel like if I productivity culture is 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 fake. But if I accomplish a little thing in the house, I feel better. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Productivity (laughs) culture is brainwashing. And unfortunately, it's very hard to deprogram yourself. Yeah. Especially when you're endlessly in the middle of a culture that is constantly reprogramming. I feel that way about spending money and about like fixing up my house. And even though I've spent all this time fixing up my apartment, like I'm still like, well, it's not as cute as so-and-so's apartment on Instagram. (laughs) Like it's so, it's such a delusional cycle, but it's really hard to break out of. Okay. How many siblings do you have? And did you spend time with them? I already know the answer to this, but for our audience. (laughs) So I have one sister. She's five and a half years younger than me. And we are really, really tight. My parents had some mental health stuff when I was in high school going on, and I sort of assumed more of a parenting role for her. But even before then, we were pretty tight, and we used to play all sorts of really imaginative games. We used to build a lot of pillow forts, um, because we have like a downstairs room that had this sort of weirdly shaped couch and this weird table, and it was perfect for making pillow forts. And we would make them with our own rooms in the pillow fort. We wanted to have our own space from each other, but within the pillow fort, And we would bring snacks and we had like those portable DVD players circa like 2003. (laughs) And we would just bring our portable DVD player into the pillow fort and we would spend a lot of time doing that over the summer or like winter break. And we played a lot. Um, My sister was a really big tomboy, so she was not interested in playing American Girl dolls with me. Um, She was interested in playing sports, but like outdoor sports, ew. Um, Mm -hmm. But she, she and I did have like a lot of our own imaginary games and imaginary rules that we would make up. And we tried to pull a lot of pranks on our parents. Like we would tell them we were making them fresh lemonade, but then we would put no sugar in it. But they clearly knew. Like it was like, we were so dumb, but it was, I'm very blessed that I actually like my sister and that we have a good relationship. So what is it like now living alone with your family nearby Have you been able to see your sister? (laughs) Yes, I have been able to see my sister. But so my sister actually goes to college in England. She just graduated, but she came home from England in March and has been living at home since. So it's the longest stretch of time I've had with my sister in three years. That's nice. Which is lovely. So it's kind of nice to have her home. She is profoundly miserable, but I'm happy, you know, and that's all that counts. As the older sibling, like it's all about me, Sophie. So who cares? 
have you been able to do any of those things that you used to like to do for yourself now? I've been thinking about when I was little, I used to love reading in a nook somewhere. Hmm. Like I really like when I moved to Phoenix, I used to sit on the floor inside my closet with the lights off and like lying on the floor with my legs out of the closet and the fan on because that for some reason felt the like it was the coolest air because it was so hot in Phoenix. And I would just read my book. For some reason, I like being tucked, tucked in a nook. And I was like, I wonder if I could make a nook. I used to have my bed in the corner of my bedroom, but like at an angle. So the like the headboard, there was like a space behind. It was yeah. like at a diagonal. The headboard was against the wall and there was a space behind. And I used to climb back there and read. And I had little art that I had put up on the back of my headboard and like little decorations. And actually, that's where I read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn the first time in really? sixth grade. I've been thinking about if I could recreate that for myself or if that's too silly to do as an adult in my own place. <laughs> but like, I don't think it's silly. I think it's charming. I mean, again, like a lot of the things we're talking about right now, I'm sure if you are someone listening to this who has children – then you're like, wow, these two people without kids have it so easy in quarantine right now. And we do. And we I do. I will not say otherwise. Um, Let's see. I have one last question about being inside. Basically, because it's summertime, I've been trying to think about this. my favorite things at summer camp that were inside. Just trying to think of some fun indoor sports for us to do. My favorite things at summer camp were a lot of crafts that because of TikTok, I have thought about trying to start up again. I don't know if I'm going to pick any of them up. I've got that cross stitch I told you I got to finish. Hey. But I have been thinking about those. Do you remember those beads that you would iron in a pattern? Oh my God, of course. I loved those. I really liked those, even though everything I made was uniformly ugly. The outcome was always ugly, but the process was really fun of that thing. That's how I've been feeling about shrinky dinks, which yes. TikTok reminded me are a thing. And I was like, holy shit, I want to make shrinky dinks. Me too. I was thinking I was about like, that I was like, I need too. to buy a toaster oven just oh so I can God. make shrinky dinks. But I honestly, I have a real oven. So now that I said that out loud, I realize that's an incredibly stupid thought. <laughs> but that is how my brain works, which is that I, the owner of a real <laughs> oven, need to go purchase a toaster oven to make shrinky dinks. <laughs> Is there anything else that you used to do that was inside or in an indoor sport that you have found yourself able to re-embrace in quarantine or that you would like to re-embrace now that we've talked about it? So something that just occurred to me, uh, and this is also like tattling on myself for being a fucking loser child, is in sixth grade, I had no friends. Like there were years I had like few friends or one friend, sixth grade, no friends, like not one friend. Like my best friend, Monica, who I've known since first grade, we were not friends sixth grade. And I spent all of my free time in my childhood bedroom practicing my handwriting until I got good at calligraphy. Hell yeah. And my boyfriend did buy me a quill pen and some ink as part of my Valentine's Day gift. Cute. Yeah, we're that kind of couple. But anyway, now I'm thinking maybe I will practice some calligraphy this weekend. Yeah, you yeah, should. something nice, something inside. I used to love just practicing. I used to, okay, this is also tattling on myself. I used to write all the president's names out in beautiful handwriting over <laughs> and over again until I got good at them. <laughs> That's cute. That's a good skill. Yeah. You know, it makes me a nice long distance letter writer, which is something I actually have taken up during this is my friends who live across the country. I have written little letters too. I signed up for an online pen pal thing. I've been doing a pen pal 
thing. That's nice. I had a pen pal when I was a kid and she lived in Ghana and she was my great aunt's third husband's great niece, something like that. And she lived in Ghana and she would just tell me about life in Ghana and I would tell her about life in Sherman Oaks, California. Oh my God. And she was a way better pen pal than I ever was. And I feel really guilty about it to this day. Wow. Do you feel better now that you've confessed to us? Kind of. (laughs) My great aunt now has a fourth husband. He's 95. She's 76. He was her sugar daddy. They met on J-Date. He's a Holocaust survivor, which she is only interested in dating Holocaust survivors, which is a whole long other thing. Um, Yeah. She's old. You know, honestly, her dating pickings for Jewish men above 80 is pretty much Holocaust (laughs) survivors, honestly. So, but then she married him, even though he was her sugar daddy. So now he's her fourth husband. Wow. Honestly. Well, come be a patron just so you can hear more stories like this from Alex. I'm just saying it's never too late to become a sugar baby if my great aunt could pick it up in her 70s. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. That's the moral of the story, really. You know what I mean? I mean, okay. Uh, the last thing I just want to say is that talking to my friends has been a godsend. So thank you for being one of my friends. I love you. Dude, thank you for being one of my friends. For those of you who don't have Sophie as a friend but just get to listen to her voice, I will tell you that she is a bang up fucking friend. And uh, she soothes a lot of my more niche anxieties, and it's a a true blessing. So You're a great friend, too. You can follow Alex at SmugLiberal on Instagram. Is that your Twitter, too? Do you want people to follow your Twitter? Um, I have a burner Twitter that I use. Like, I don't care if people know it's mine. I just don't want it to be Googleable. Okay. And it's Tashimovich, which is my... (laughs) My family's lit name before we changed it when we moved to America in the 60s. Um, and it's spelled really weird and super Polish. So I'll put it this way. If you can find Tashimovich on Twitter, please follow me. <laughs> okay. You can follow Alex at SmugLiberal on Instagram and that Twitter account if you can follow it. And you can find her all over our podcast archive. We'll link all her episodes in the show notes and you can get even more of that sweet, sweet Alex charm on our Patreon miniseries fat history all right alex thank you so much for coming on the show again as always a pleasure to have you here i love you and i'm proud of you and i'm really glad you are part of the family thank you so much for having me it's such an honor every time you ask truly a genuine honor (laughs) bye bye and that's our show don't forget to leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023. Tell us about your fave indoor sport. Producing SAF in COVID times is made possible by our beloved patrons. Special thanks to Haley Nelson, Meredith Bessie, Cassie Allison, Sarah Weintraub, Sass Nimmo, Roxanne Wright, Anne Jaconette, Rosalie Rippey, Jolicia Flornori, Sage Sharp. Thank y'all so much. This week's call to action comes to us from today's guest. Alex is calling on our listeners to watch the Black Power Mixtape on Amazon and donate to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Alex says, many of my professors formerly worked for the fund and I feel really strongly about what they do and the infrastructure they already have in place to make a significant impact with their fund. Check out our show notes for more information and links to donate. Thanks, Alex. She's All Fat was created by me. Sophie Carter-Kahn and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. 
please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Wirtel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 